Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. Now, each week, we have the opportunity to tell the stories of our church, as we often feature interviews with our members and other friends of the ministry. We would like to invite you to join us this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church as we begin Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m., We have adult Bible fellowships and children's programs. Our Sunday morning service at 10.30 a.m. This week, liberating the church from Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Today, let's begin the program by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Morning, Pastor. Half a day, Chris. Good to be with you again today. And we're looking forward to this Sunday, as always. Man, I just love week by week being with our church family. I was talking with a group last night and... One of the things is church members, part of our church family, sort of a a representation of of our church. And one of the things I asked the question, what is it that, you know, really excites you about Harvest? And there was some great answers, but one of the things that came up right away was that this is a place that's really centered on God's Word. And I know that when I come to Harvest, I'm going to hear God's Word. It's going to be God's voice. I was really thrilled to hear that because that is what we want to do. And so we expect that if you join with us Sunday, the focus is going to be on God's Word, on His Word speaking to us. And we're going to have a chance to look into Acts chapter 6. One of the really important foundational verses about how the church is and how God designed it. In fact, when I first was thinking about you know, kind of a series to do during this season for us as a church. There's two passages that brought me primarily to the book of Acts. One is the at the end of Acts chapter 2, where it describes, I think, what a church, the, the early church looked like, so verses 41 through 47. And the second is this passage out of Acts chapter 6, which, I again, I think describes for us that as the church begins to form, there were some problems that developed. We'll talk about them Sunday morning. And then the solution that God presented, which I think really helps us to understand again what the mission is that we're supposed to be doing, both in how they dealt with the problem and then what God directed the church to do to to resolve it. So I'm excited about that study. I think it's going to be helpful for us as a church. There's some really practical lessons for us individually out of Acts chapter 6, the first six verses of of the passage. Well, it's good for us to have Cliff Pollan in the studio Cliff has been around Harvest for a long time. We're going to ask him a few questions about his story, but Cliff, you grew up here on Guam, is that right? Tell me a little bit about where you grew up, what your background is like. Sure. Yeah, I was born and raised here on Guam, and uh, both my parents, both from the Philippines, and uh, they came to Guam uh, back in the late 60s for work, and that's how my mom and dad met out here on Guam. And, so they uh, came separately. They came here. separately, Wow, yes. I didn't yes. know that part of it. Yeah, they came separately, you know, and they just started a life here. Uh, they got married, had me, of course. Uh, yeah, so I've been here for 48 years. Yeah, wow. And tell me a little bit about God's work in your life. I mean, how did you become a believer? What kind of things did God use that really brought you along the path to follow after God? Sure. Actually, it wasn't until I started attending Harvest. Uh, I came as a student back in 1985 uh, as a freshman in high school. Why did uh, your parents want to send you to Harvest at that time? <laughs> Great question. I was one of that too. 
Uh, but <laughs> no, uh, in all seriousness, you know, at the time I had grown up in public school, so I was often on private schools uh, here on island and mainly public schools. And uh, you know, in some ways, my dad wanted me to go to a private school, uh, more disciplined, mm-hmm. because I lacked discipline, and going through some just some struggles that any teenager goes through. And I knew Pastor uh, Lewis had known my dad in the business world. Um, my dad was a local businessman here, so he contacted Pastor Lewis mm. at the time. Uh, he was a pastor at Harvest Baptist Church and got me enrolled here at Harvest back in 1988. Then, 85, sorry. 85. That was probably pretty early on after the school had been started. Yeah, it was during the time I started here my freshman year. I think uh, 10th grade was the highest grade level okay. that they had. So every year they would add another year, you know, as uh, one, you know, one grade level moves on. But yeah, I started here my freshman year in 85, and there was uh, up to 10th grade at the time. Uh, so it was uh, K-3 up to 10th grade Okay, uh, back in 85. Okay. So what happened after that? Um, you got to harvest, probably a little bit of a different than what you'd experienced before? Yes. Big shocker. Okay. (laughs) But yeah, you know, in some ways, you know, you look back at all of this in hindsight and what God was doing in my own life, you know, he had a purpose for me. But as a high school student, God was out of, you know, the least of priority. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was the bottom of my priority list. And uh, growing up in the Catholic home, here on Guam, my mom, my grandparents, especially my on my mom's side, are very Catholic. And so that was part of my upbringing. And it wasn't until maybe age seven or eight, uh, as much as I could remember, my dad had invited some of the uh, Mormon elders that were, you know, visiting homes and things like that. And so they had two young guys. Uh, my dad invited them over. And next thing you know, we started attending the Mormon church mm. just up the street here. So the latter part of my life, I grew up Mormon. Hmm. So, and that's in some ways kind of like the, you know, here you go from uh, being a, a Catholic and trying to follow all the things you're supposed to do as a Catholic child and uh, uh, instilling the, the values of what the Catholic Church is about. And then so the next thing going having to go into a Mormon church was completely different. But that was the first time I got introduced to a Bible, really. Mm. You know, they had the Bible, plus, of course, the Book of Mormon right. and everything yeah. else. But yeah. that was the first time I ever had a Bible in hand. So and both my mom and dad were involved. It wasn't until uh, maybe a few years later that my dad just stopped going to church after that. And I think there was a falling out between him and someone in the church. And uh, he just stopped coming to church. But my mom continued and he took us to church. So I still got the exposure to a lot of the Bible stories. There's a lot of Bible stories I still didn't know because mm-hmm. a lot of it was stories of the, uh, of the Book of Mormon mm-hmm. uh, is what you heard as a kid. So growing up through all of that and the struggles I had, no spiritual direction at all. But it wasn't until I came to Harvest and where the Bible was introduced. Now, I'm not going to say that I automatically you know, gravitated to Christianity my freshman year. Because of my rebellious state at the time, I didn't want anything to do with the Bible. So I was just going through the motions here. You go to the Bible classes that they had and the chapel times that they had at, at school, but you just go through the motions, you know, and you try to play the tough guy right. uh, approach, and, you know, I don't need that. And that's exactly it. As uh, years that I was here at Harvest, I rejected mm. the gospel. 
Uh, I heard it time after time at chapels and Bible classes that we were having, just different people that I was talking with, trying to witness to me, teachers were trying to witness to me. I'm always interested in the different ways that God uses people, circumstances in the process of drawing us to himself. And everybody's story is different. It's unique as far as those kinds of things. So I'm just sort of curious as you're talking about this, during that season when you're hearing the gospel a lot, was there some conviction? Was there interest on your part or that you were kind of having to push back off on? Or was it just it didn't make any sense and didn't really mean anything to you at that point? Oh, no, I, I understood it completely. Okay. It was a purposeful, not right now. Okay. You know, it's a pushback. Like, you know, I don't need this right now. Okay. Uh, I know what I need to do. I know what needs to change in my life, but I just pushed it away. You know, I rejected it in some ways, too. As a teenager, there's always the peer pressure mm-hmm. that comes with it. And, uh, you know, I built a group of friends here. Uh, we were all unsaved kids at the time. And, of course, you know, not very rowdy, but, you know, rowdy enough to put a watchful eye on Mm -hmm. that kind of idea. So, you know, I just hung out with the wrong crowd. And so with that peer pressure that came along with that, I just said, you know what, I'm not going to lean to, even though I, deep down in my heart, I know this is what I need to do. Yeah. And, but there's times for even just to say personally that I said, no, I don't want to change this yet. I don't want to change this particular thing in my life. I don't want to do that yet. Because if I, if I accept Christ, I'd I got to drop all of this. I got to stop doing all these things that I shouldn't be doing. As a high school kid, I shouldn't be doing these things anyways. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and so I had to battle that every year. And so the first time, I think the first time I heard the gospel my freshman year, there was conviction. Okay. You know, there was an inner turmoil that was taking place. So there's that spiritual battle, you know, now that I understand. And that was that spiritual battle. So what was it that changed? I mean, there's a couple of years, it sounds like. What, what did God use to sort of push you to rethink this? Sure. Well, it wasn't until my senior year. So here, three years has passed. Harvest was having a revival meeting at the time. Dr. Phil Schiller was speaking, and he was the guest speaker that came that, that year. It was November, October of 88 when he came to speak. And uh, I don't know exactly the message, but all I knew that, you know, sort of maybe it's my theology. Obviously, I had zero theology mm-hmm. as an unsaved kid, but it just kept ringing in my heart, you know, that that God's going to harden his heart because I, I rejected him so many times. So that, again, that's my theology, right? So in some ways, it's like, oh, I'm the one pushing God away. Mm. Uh, but in my mind, it was like, if I say no one more time, God's going to say no to me. Mm. And... That made a difference. And this is what was going on during invitation. And buddy sitting next to me, you know, who was saved, who got saved um, the year before me, and he nudges me. You know, we all had our heads bowed, and he nudges me, and he goes, go up. You need to go up. You know, and I was like, what? You know, and I mean, I'm going through this thing in my mind already as we're, you know, I had my eyes closed and head bowed and eyes closed, and, and it was the Holy Spirit. Mm tugging at me, literally tugging at me, using you my could buddy. feel to, that. Yeah. yeah. And my buddy was the one who had to elbow me and say, you need to go up. And so I did. And, and that was because I was afraid that God says, I've asked you several times, then that's it, I'm done, if you don't accept me now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, bad theology, right. but mm-hmm. it was something that in my own immature mind is how I felt like 
I need to do this. Yeah. It's because I've heard it for three years yeah. over and over. I think you're right. That's not, that wouldn't be characteristic of God. But I do think, you know, what the Bible does talk about is multiple times the Bible says, now is the accepted yes. time. Behold, today is a day of salvation. Yeah. So that part is, uh, you know, in my thinking about, you know, your experience, was the Holy Spirit saying, Cliff, you, I've been calling you all along today. Now, don't wait. You don't know what's going to happen. Right. Tomorrow. Right. It's pretty amazing to hear that happening in the you know, life of a, I don't know, 17, 18 year old uh, yeah, guy. Was, uh, yeah, 16. Okay. 16. At the time. Yeah, yeah 16. That's so, really cool. Yeah, and that was a turning point in my life. And I, I think the moment I knew that when I, I had to take this step, I have to change everything my whole life. It had to be a 180 degree change. And I think in past, as many times as I, you know how the, you know, either the preachers say, you know, say this prayer. And I would say that prayer. Yeah. But I never come forward. Oh, really interesting. Yeah. You know, so, but it's never, I never felt like the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you know, for me to really cry out, say, yeah, I'm a sinner. You know, Christ, I know you died for me. I just want to accept you as my Savior. You know, you can say that, but really not mean it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what rang over and over for me those three years. So... I was just talking with somebody last night, talking about Romans 10, 9 and 10, which gives both components of it, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So you're right, there isn't some formula, some, you know, words that we repeat that, uh, you know, gives us or brings us salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a confession of our heart to God, but it has to come along with this believing that I'm, you know, I'm turning from, mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful picture that you're describing because I'm turning from my old life. And I know that. Uh, you said 180 degrees, right? Mm-hmm. I'm turning from my old life, whatever the process was, and I'm turning to give my life to God, everything. And mm-hmm. you're right. I don't think salvation can happen without that. And a lot of people, I think, end up confused because they come to that point and, and then they, they do say a prayer and then somebody says, well, that must be good. But there's, there's no sense of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. There's no change that happens in their thinking or in their life. But, but for some reason they think and maybe even have been taught wrongly that if you say this prayer, then everything must be good. But for you, that wasn't true until you knew mm-hmm. that you were giving your life to Jesus. It was weird because when I went up, I mean, there were several people that came up. And, I mean, my head my head down the whole time, and even, you know, with my eyes. In some ways, when I looked up, I was like the only one standing there. Mm-hmm. But I know there were several people there. And then next thing you know, I'm like the only one standing there at the altar. And Dan Pelletier, who was the youth pastor at the time. Yeah, I know Dan. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he was the one who counseled me, took mm-hmm. me in the back. And, uh, you know, and he shared with me, you know, Cliff says, you don't, you have no idea what has just happened to you. I says, we've been praying for you since your freshman year, since mm-hmm. 85, mm-hmm. you know, and, and as a staff. And, you know, it, so him sharing that with me was very impactful as well. I mean, seeing what Harvest has done for my life. Even in high school, even though I was the rotten kid, that, you know, the teachers are... I can't like, see yeah. you as a rotten kid, Cliff. I mean... Oh, <laughs> No, <boy>. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> the old Cliff. The, huh? the old Cliff, yes. Yeah. And so when he shared with me about the, when they, when, whenever they would have devotion times, 
and they say, let's pray for a soul out there. And your name would come up all the time. You know, and he shared that with me, and and I've had other teachers, after they heard I had uh, accepted Christ, came up to me and goes, you know, we've been praying for you for years. Mm. And that that was very impactful. Yeah. You know, and that tells me, you know, the heartbeat of where Harvest is at. That it's not just an educational institution. And I was just here just for education. Right, yeah. I wasn't here for anything, just aside from that. My dad wanted me to come here because I needed discipline, because he couldn't do it. And that was something that stuck with me for years mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah, it's so fascinating and so encouraging, actually, on, on many levels. Give me the short version of the rest of the story, right? <laughs> so now you're a senior, you're a believer, mm-hmm. life starts to change. I don't know that I mentioned this earlier, but you're serving now as director of operations here at Harvest. You've been on the staff for a number of years. But tell me the short version of what happened next that brings us to this point. Sure. Well, after getting saved, I knew God was wanting me to go to a Christian school, Christian college, and God made that happen. I attended PCC, Pensacola Christian College, for four years as a business major there. My dad really wanted me to go to another school, uh, but uh, it was through God's prayer, or my prayer to the Lord, that I just knew deep down I needed to go to a Christian school. I needed to be discipled, you know, and uh, and I did. I, I had very minimal discipleship when I got saved here as a kid, but it wasn't until I got to college that I learned more about what my Christian walk's supposed to be like. So going, to, I did four years at, at Pensacola. That's where I met my wife, hmm. of course, uh, and we came back after my graduation and got married here. But you know, it, it, your it's, wife is Marie. She did she spend some time on Guam before that, or yes, her parents uh, had moved. He was in the Air Force, and so he got stationed out here in '89. So it was the year I left to go to college. Okay. They moved here, so I never, I've never met them during that time. But I met her actually after church service here. She was asking about PCC at the time. Mm -hmm. She was wanting to go to PCC and and look at the business program as well. And she heard that I was a business major. So it was more more of information. So really, there was nothing there. Um, I don't know, Marie. (laughs) If I know Marie, she might have had a plan in there. I don't know. I'll have to ask her that question. Yeah, you probably maybe ask her mom. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) But uh, yeah, you know, so that was my first meet up with Marie here after church service and the evening service. And I was headed back the next week okay. to school. But yeah, so I, I, I met Marie at, at college uh, later. And, you know, I knew at the time God was wanting me to come back. I knew I was going to be helping with my dad's business here on Guam. So I was coming back and uh, talked with Marie. You know, she's like, maybe we can just get married. So we, you know, went through the whole thing and came to Guam. I came to Guam first and Marie followed, you know, months later. And then we got married here at the church and uh, joined the church right after. But yeah, so the moment we joined the church, we got involved. I served as an usher. John Uggen reached out to me. He was Mm -hmm. the head usher at the time. And it was the old church building that we had. And this has been well before our current church building is now. But, you know, she joined the choir. I became an usher and just got really involved in the ministry. And that's kind of like what we've done for several years just being a part of the church family. And that's how I think that's how we grew as a family or as a couple. At, in the church, you have a lot of other couples, you know, uh, you know uh, singles from the same college. We all knew each other some way by name. 
you know, and we all kind of got together and became, uh, we started doing life with other That's uh, a good description of the members. church, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's what it was. I mean, aside from them being staff, but we were doing life with mm-hmm. them. You know, we weren't, I wasn't staff. My mm-hmm. wife wasn't staff. But we felt like, you know, for the church, we were a family mm-hmm. together. So we did things a lot together. You guys have three awesome kids that have all grown up here at Harvest and are uh, different stages. Uh, still one in one in, one uh, in college and one's home. She is working. Okay. She's still looking at different vocations. And then, of course, my young seventh grader. Yeah, yeah. If I were to ask you, Cliff, you know, what's the best thing about being a Christian? You know, what, what would you say? It's the opportunity to just live for Christ. Living a, a humble life, knowing that in everything, and, I, and I've, sh- I've shared this with my kids too uh, over the years, and that's the most exciting thing. And in fact, it was just one of those things I just read this morning too, that what brings joy? And everyone talks about happiness. Like what's going to bring happiness to our life? And it's not happiness. It's what's the inner joy that indwells in us that keeps us going. And it's because of the love of Christ that excites me. Because you know what? I'm not perfect. I'm going to fail. Mm-hmm. But his love never changes. Uh, and that's a beautiful promise that I, that I focus on a lot in my life. And even in my kids, uh, you know, I have this thing in our home. It says, you know, Christ is the center of our home. I mean, we get to see that every day. And uh, when I keep that as my focus, that, that excites me. So whatever day I go through, good or bad, you know, that inner joy is just because Christ in the center of my life my life it's awesome to hear about what god has done in your life and we're so thankful for you for your family uh you've had such an impact on harvest and uh it's it's really cool to see the way that god has used this ministry to shape you um you know from your teen years through now and so we're thankful for the way that god knows these things and guides these things and looking forward to ministry together as a church family as we serve him in the years to come. So thanks for coming and sharing your story here, Chris. Thank you too, Pastor. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. As always, at this point in the program, we want to personally invite you to services this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church. Our Sunday morning service is at 1030 a.m., liberating the church from Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. If you're not sure where to go for your 930 Adult Bible Fellowship or Children's Program, uh, just stop by our Welcome Center, which is right out in front of the auditorium. Somebody would be happy to help you uh, to get directions to your class or to your children's class. If you want more information, you can go to hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.